Who was Nicodemus? You know, we, we, we kind of you know, heard a little bit about who Nicodemus was. But Nicodemus, that we learned from John chapter 3, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Now, being a Pharisee means that you were a person who has dedicated yourself to the law. These people were really serious about the law, and they worked in those kinds of things. And so he was a guy of influence within religious circles. He was a teacher. He was tuned into those things. It also tells us that Nicodemus was part of the Sanhedrin. Now, the Sanhedrin was kind of like the courts of the day. So it was kind of like the Supreme Court. If you had a big issue, you went to the Sanhedrin, and they, they decided that the Sanhedrin was oversaw by, by, the, by the, high, uh, the high priest that was serving at that time. So here you have the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin over top of all of that. And he was a part of that council. This guy had a voice. He had influence. He was kind of an amazing guy. He was also probably kind of a wealthy kind of guy because we're going to read a little later uh, that he had quite a bit of money to poke into this stuff. Uh, and so he's kind of one of those guys. People looked up to Nicodemus. People thought, you know, that's the kind of guy I'd like to be like. And, and yet here it is, this Nicodemus had some questions. He comes to Jesus. So why did he come? Why did he come? With all of his influence, with all of his knowledge, with all that stuff, why did he come? Maybe he was just curious. Maybe he'd heard something Jesus had said, and he just wanted to kind of say, well, tell me a little bit more about that. Maybe that's why he came. Maybe he came because he was troubled with something that he'd said, and he needed some kind of clarification. Uh, maybe he came because he was really mad. I don't think he did, because he'd come during the day if he was mad. Maybe he was come during the day, he was just mad, and he wanted to say, hey, what are you doing? Just stop that kind of thing. Um, that's kind of like a pastor. Preachers get those once in a while. I don't get too many like that here. Uh, but once in a while, you get somebody who comes after the service or between service. By the way, don't ever talk to me between the services if you're cranky. Uh, wait until after it's all over. And uh, so, yeah, so, you know, so who knows why he was there. But, but he came to Jesus at night because he didn't probably want to be seen by anybody else. He was trying to kind of go undercover there and just check out this Jesus and see what was going on. But the problem was that Nicodemus didn't talk the language of Jesus. Now, not, not, not just kind of an earthly language. Not, not a matter of whether you spoke English or Spanish or Korean or, or whatever. Not, not one of those kind of things. It, 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 was a, it was a kind of a difference between a heavenly and an earthly uh, mindset, language, way of thinking. Jesus said to him, I, if I talk to you about heavenly things, you're not going to say it because you don't understand what I'm talking about earthly things. And, and, and he's kind of this kind of confusion. You're on the wrong place. Jesus is talking about being born again. Nicodemus doesn't get it. In spite of his sincere religious faith, he doesn't get it. I, I mean, Nicodemus is one of those guys. He had a strong faith in a one true living God. He already was Bought into all that. He had an unwavering obedience to the law of God in the Old Testament. He had uncompromising morals. This was a good guy. I mean, these guys lived with a high standard. He even believed in the resurrection. But he didn't get what Jesus was talking about. In spite of his high religious office, he didn't get it. Nicodemus was a member of the Sanhedrin. He's part of the ruling council, part of the Supreme Court of the day. He presided over civil and religious criminal matters. He, he, he just kept track of that. In spite of all that, he just didn't get it. In spite of the fact that he had spiritual awareness, he didn't get it. He told Jesus, we know that you're a teacher of the law. 
and that you come from God. Because no one, no one can do these kinds of miracles unless they come from God. He saw something in Jesus, but he, he just didn't get it. I, I, I told you kind of my story like that. I grew up in the church, and I went to church every time the doors were open. My parents were always dragging me along, you know, and just from the time I was little. And, and I went, and I went, and I, I thought that was good. They were nice people. I was a nice guy. Uh, but I just didn't get it. I didn't get it until years later. And here's Nicodemus. He knows stuff. He knows great stuff. And sometimes we're like that. We're good moral people. We, we have awareness of what's going on. We know stuff of the scriptures. And, and, and yet he didn't get this idea to say, you must be born again. He didn't get it. He's kind of talking a different language, even though they're speaking the same words. They're just not getting it. You know, when, when I was a kid, there, there, was a, there was a car that was really kind of a, a, a I, I want to say a big deal, but, but it was kind of a low-budget big deal. Uh, some of you may be old enough to remember the Chevy Nova. Remember the Chevy Novas? They, 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 were, they were kind of the low-budget hot rod car back then. You could, you could get a Chevy Nova for, for pretty cheap, and, and you could, you know, slap some big wheels on it and change the, you know, the, the not transmission and the, uh, the suspension and jack that thing up and soup the engine up a little bit. And you could do that pretty, pretty cheaply, and it was just a hot kind of car. Anybody ever watch Velocity Channel? I had one person that watched Velocity in the first service. David. Okay, good. Anybody? Okay, you all need to get Velocity on your thing. One of the things that I love about the Velocity Channel, they have this thing called the, the Mecham Auctions. And they're selling muscle cars on those things. There's a, that was, these cars were just like, they just rumbled. You know, when, when you fixed them up. Well, these Chevy Novas were really popular back in the day. And, and, and they sold a bunch of them in the United States. And, and they thought, well, this is really good in the United States. They started to market them in Latin America. And they started marketing them in Latin America. And this car that had been so popular and so successful in Latin America just fell flat in Latin America. They couldn't hardly sell a car, give them away in Latin America, and they couldn't figure it out. They went on for years trying to sell these cars, and nobody would buy the cars. And, and they were just like, what's going on? They couldn't figure it out. Until finally they had to do a little research, and they found out what the problem was. Does anybody speak Spanish? We, I know I have many Spanish speakers. Somebody tell me, what's the problem with the Nova? In Spanish, Nova means no-go. I mean, they're kind of talking, it's the same car, they're talking about it, but they're on different wavelengths, and it's just not going to work. Well, Nicodemus was just lost. He didn't get it. <laughs> he didn't get it, and yet, and yet he did learn something. If we look at his life, he did learn something. And, and what he learned, I think, was very simply how much God loves him. God loves him. That's the big verse. It's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever would believe in Him shouldn't perish but should have everlasting life. That, that's a big deal. It is for us kind of this, this picture, this, this mental picture, a word picture of God. You know that pictures mean a lot. I, I, I carry, you carry pictures with you. I have pictures. I, I left my phone in my office. Um, but I have pictures of my wife and my kids and <clears throat> a few of my grandson, uh, lots of them. In fact, somebody sent me pictures this morning of this. Is this being recorded? It probably is. But I'm just going to say it anyway. Of this really hottie. 
I just was so like, whoa! I got these pictures. You should be careful about texting pictures, but I got these pictures. <clears throat> this happened to be my wife, but there she was. She's, she's at ladies' retreat, and uh, there's, we have about, I don't know, 14, 12, 14, 15 ladies up at ladies' retreat uh, this weekend. And, um, and she sent me this picture, and here she is in the pool in her swimsuit, and she just looks so good. And, um, you know, pictures, I'm sorry, you didn't need to have that visual image in your head, but, but, but this is kind of that visual image uh, of what that is. And pictures mean a lot to us. It kind of reminds me of a story I heard uh, about a military guy, and while he was serving, he was deployed, and, and he was serving, and he got a Dear John letter. You know what a Dear John letter is? I don't know. What do they do these days? They don't do Dear John letters, but they just text you. They just kind of text you, I'm done, I'm out, <laughs> you know, whatever, I'm, I'm cutting you off, you know, something, I don't know. Anyway, so she, he got this Dear John letter, and, and it was so bad that, that not only did he get the Dear John letter, this lady gal's telling him, I'm all done with you, but she said, she said to him, you know, if you would, please return my favorite picture of me uh, as soon as possible, because I'm getting married, and I want to use that picture in, in my invitation, well, this guy was devastated. I mean, he was wiped out. He, he didn't know what to do with himself. He was just wiped out. And, and so some of his buddies there in his unit, they went around and they collected all their pictures of girlfriends from all the guys that were on base there that they could get. They put them in a shoebox and mailed them back to this gal with a little note attached that said, said, Here are, here's your picture. Um, please pick it out. And return the rest of them, because for the life of me, I can't remember which one you are. Yeah, that was good. Pictures, pictures say a million things to us. This, these verses in John chapter 3 is the picture of God that we all ought to have in our heads. Sometimes we have odd pictures of God in our head. We have this picture of a God who's out there and thumping us, who's looking for a way to trap us, who's trying to do all this stuff to us. But the picture we need to have in our head is this picture of God who says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever would believe in him shouldn't perish but should have everlasting life. And the next verse, which says very simply, this is what God's about. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the whole world might be saved. That's verse 17. Verse 15 says, for all those who would believe shall be saved. Hmm. I think that Nicodemus, if he didn't get anything else, at least heard the message of this is who God is and this is what he's about. It really is quite transformational. It's kind of what Colin says. It's, it's a message that changes us. It's a message I like that with St. Peter, St. Peter, St. Patrick, that, that takes this guy who was uh, imprisoned and, and sends him back because the gospel message has so changed his life that he believes it can change anybody's life. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 13, if you're keeping track there, I'm not going to read the whole passage, but, but in, in summary, it says to us that, that we are to remember that, that before we were Christians, before we came to Christ, before we believed, before we stood up and said, yes, I'm going with God, we were separated from Christ. We were separate from God. 
excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenant of promise, the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. That's the picture of God that we ought to hold in our hand. I think that's the picture that Nicodemus held. Because you see, we ask the question also, who did he become? One of the, one of the fun parts of this story of Nicodemus is that, that Nicodemus in chapter 3 is, is not the only account we have of Nicodemus. We also find Nicodemus in John chapter 19. John chapter 19 tells us the rest of this story. It's really the, it's the burial of Jesus. Jesus has been crucified. And now it says this in John chapter 19, beginning at verse 38. It says, Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who had earlier visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking the body of Jesus, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in linen strips, according to the Jewish burial custom. This Nicodemus, who, who didn't get it, who didn't get it back then, we see a different guy here. We see a guy who got it. In chapter 3, he came at night not to be seen by anybody. He came with questions and, 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 and misunderstandings and confusion. In the Nicodemus of chapter 19, we find a guy who, who seems to get it, who seems to have embraced this idea of Jesus Christ, his broken body and his shed blood. Nicodemus has taken this huge step of faith when he said, I don't care who knows, I don't care who sees, I have come to identify myself with this Jesus Christ, this Jesus who died for me. He had come with questions, but this Nicodemus was transformed. we too find ourselves like Nicodemus. In what we've done here today, we, we celebrate, we remember, and we rejoice, and we affirm and reaffirm our faith and belief in this Jesus who came and died for us, whose body was broken and blood was shed. And we say for all the world to see, I'm a believer. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm one of His. That, friends, is the gospel message. Everything else we do is an extension of that. That's the gospel message. If you will just believe. And so my question for you today is this. Maybe you're here and you're like Nicodemus. Maybe you've heard good things and you're a moral person and 
and you know some stuff and, and you have some thoughts about God and, and all that stuff, but, but you still don't get it. I didn't. It, it, it wasn't until one day I was, I, was, I was freshman in college and I was sitting in my parents' living room listening to a song and suddenly it was like God just swept over me and I, and I got it. <laughs> and I began to pray and say, God, I get it. I want you. I want to be a follower of yours. And, and I went from just being this nice guy or at least a nice guy on the outside who was pretty messed up on the inside to this guy who said, I want to go with Jesus. I need this forgiveness of God. I want to follow you and be called one of yours. Maybe today is that day for you. David's going to come and, and we're going we're to sing a song and do that kind of thing. And I want to pray for you, pray with you. But I just wonder. Is today a day, is today a day when it's time for you to say, I identify? No, no more, you know, kind of undercover Christian stuff for me. Today's the day when I, like with Nicodemus, just show up and say, I don't care who knows, I don't care who sees. I want to be identified with Him. All the Christ followers. I'm going to pray. I'm praying. Would you just be asking that question? If you've already answered that question, you know, you just affirm that. <laughs> be excited about that. But maybe, maybe it's a day when you need to say, God, I, I'm a good person. Most of us are good people. But maybe it's a day and we step out and publicly say, I'm a Christ follower. Father, there is just one big picture of you that we can hang on to. That is the truth above all other things. That you love us. And you sent Jesus Christ to take our place, to die for us. An undeserved death. A gift of love. Given for us. And you say, all you have to do is believe. Just believe. Just believe. And you will be born again. <laughs> Not of the flesh, but of the Spirit. Lord, today many of us rejoice. We rejoice in having said yes to that truth. But Lord, I just wonder and think there might be some here today who have walked along the edges. Good people. Kind people. But yet still hungry for something inside. Not quite getting it. Maybe today is their day. Lord, would you just draw them? Help them to say yes to you. Yes to your love. Yes to your forgiveness. Yes to your salvation. Yes to an old term that Scripture term, yes to being born again. Lord, speak to us.